This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. So much good stuff today. Lindsay Whalen will be on the show in just a little bit to talk about the Gopher women's basketball program, the season for them that just finished up, trying to navigate coaching through a COVID season. And, you know, Lindsay's a sports fan, too. She's a Minnesota sports fan. So we talk some Minnesota sports with Lindsay Whalen as well. Um, we'll also talk a little bit of Vikings here in a little bit, and uh, we'll finish up with some some Mark Coyle thoughts. But first, what did I miss? Go for men's hockey team. Big Ten champions beat uh, beat Wisconsin in the championship game on Tuesday night, six to four. Guy a little dicey, right? It was five one um, third period, but it ended up being a six four final. Doesn't matter, um, as they say. The cliche this time of year, survive in advance. Um, they get there. They get to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2017. They win the Big Ten Championship, tournament championship. So now, here's the big deal, right? So you know, winning the Big Ten Tournament Championship is, is nice. Uh, Blake McLaughlin, two goals, two assists. Jack LaFontaine, you know, one of the best goalies in college hockey all year. Um, award-winning goalie at that. You know, makes 46 saves in that game. So the I don't want to speed too fast past the game itself, but the bigger picture of the win is it probably means they don't have to go to Fargo. Gophers don't have to go to Fargo for the regional. They're probably making the pretty strong case to be a number one seed when those seedings come out on Sunday. And what does that mean? Well, it probably means they avoid some pretty tough teams in the uh, in the in the in the Fargo regional. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, probably a lot of good NCHC NCHC teams um, in in that regional. You might see North Dakota there, uh, some other good teams. Not that there's not going to be good teams wherever the Gophers go if they wind up getting the number one seed and going somewhere else. But avoiding that path uh, makes it far more likely that they could advance a couple more times and get back to a frozen four, um, which would really be a program marker, right? When Bob Motzko took over uh, a few years back, things were, you know, it wasn't like the cupboard, it wasn't like the cupboard was completely bare. Um, you know, this was a program with a lot of tradition, but, you know, there was some, some early struggles, right? He had to kind of figure out how to, how he wanted this team to play to rebuild this thing how he wanted to after doing exactly that in St. Cloud. Well, guess what? They're, they're here. They're back. Gophers are back. And they're likely going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, which is a big, big deal. We'll have to see what the selection is on Sunday evening. I believe it's a 6 o'clock selection show. But I think they've earned it. And uh, and that path means more likely, I guess, not a, not a guarantee, but more likely to get to that elusive Frozen Four. They briefly stole a little bit of spotlight away from the other hockey team in town, the other bigger uh, men's hockey team, at least, in town, the Wild. 3-0 win over the Coyotes on Tuesday. They should play Arizona every night. Uh, seems like they do pretty well against them. But what else can we say about this team at this point? Kakin in another shutout, another just kind of solid all-around 3 nothing win. Those kinds of wins sure to put a smile on a head coach Dean Evison's face. Just the kind of, you know, coaches love wins like that where, you know, it's not not particularly flashy, but, uh, you know, you, you grind it out, you get good goaltending, you get solid play. Those, those are the kinds of wins that you know, they don't dazzle you necessarily, but they, they show up, you win, you bank the two points. Um, and, you know, and looking big picture at the standings, I'd say there's, there's 10 really good teams in the NHL this season, and the Wild is one of them. Um, the West Division, they're they're creeping up. They're creeping up on uh, on Vegas. And next game, the Wild play will be the halfway point of this 56 game abbreviated season. They've already got 37 points in 27 games. A lot of those coming, you know, 
in the last 15 or 20 or so as they've really taken off. If we're if we're talking about revised expectations, this wild team is setting them. They they have they have the pieces. They have the pieces in place to to be dangerous in the playoffs. Every every everything you'd want in the playoffs right now, they're getting. So it it could be a very fun postseason run for them. We just got to keep our eyes on that. And uh, you know, and 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 see, you know, is this a is this a, a March in, in April and May to remember for for hockey in this state, which which has been lacking, at least locally, at least in the Twin Cities, for a very very long time. I got to talk about the Vikings for just a minute here too, because we haven't really touched much on Vikings free agency. We've been so focused on Richard Patino the last couple shows, um, but Vikings free agency, the the legal tampering period, which is my favorite term in all of sports, started uh, this week, I believe. Wednesday marks the actual first day of the league year. Things might become official here here pretty soon. But Vikings interesting strategy right now. I I, I get where they're coming from. You see that you know see releasing Riley Reef. I, I don't love that. We we got to see what else they're going to do on the offensive line. I got to think Kirk Cousins is like, yeah, hey guys, got to get me some help here. Um, this, but bigger picture, two things seem to be happening. One. They seem to be investing in the defense and and kind of gearing up for that side of the ball to be, I wouldn't say the star of the show, um, but any Mike Zimmer team tends to have defense at the forefront. And I think that's shifted in the last couple of seasons as, you know, as well, last year they dealt with so many injuries and, and the Michael Pierce opt-out. It, it just naturally shifted that way. And the offense played better. The offense was better than the defense last season for the first time on a Mike Zimmer coached team. Free agency has shown us that they're they're prioritizing a slightly different uh, approach. They're, they're prioritizing prioritizing defense. They're they're doing some restructures to, to create some room. They signed Dalvin Tomlinson uh, earlier this week to uh, you know to a two year twenty two million dollar deal. They have both the Dalvins, by the way, in the NFL uh, are on the Vikings now. Ben Gessling tweeting that fact. I think the only two in NFL history. Uh, to play a snap in the NFL are now both on the Vikings, obviously Dalvin Cook being the other one, but Dalvin Tomlinson, a run stopper more or less. Now here, here's here's what I, here's one thing I, I'm kind of curious about though. It seems like he and Pierce together will be good at stopping the run. Um, I don't know how good they'll be at getting to the quarterback, and so I wonder, not to make too much of a, an office reference here but it, you know remember the office when they they did uh, the, that that spoof uh, commercial for the office and the the slogan for Dunder Mifflin their paper company was limitless paper in a paperless world i wonder if the vikings are having a are setting up to have a defense that uh, that can really stop the run when that doesn't matter as much anymore these days I, should that be your priority in today's nfl or should you be if you have money to spend and it's not very much, should you be prioritizing people that can get to the quarterback versus people who can stop the run? I don't know. I'm not I'm not Mike Zimmer. I'm not the defensive expert, obviously. Did not play the game. But I want to see how these two guys play together in 2021. Maybe there'll be enough of a disruption in both the run game and the pass game that this will work out really well. But right now, I still, won- I still wonder about their ability to get to the quarterback, even with you know, a fairly significant signing uh, on the defensive line. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. I'm uh, really happy right now to be joined by Lindsay Whalen, head coach of the Gopher women's basketball team. You might remember she also played 
a little bit of basketball for the uh, Gophers and Lynx. Maybe, you know, I don't know, most successful player in Minnesota history maybe is not an overstatement. Uh, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Um, yeah, it was a nice introduction. I don't know. It's not for me to say. I just said it, so it's you not. Said for it, you said it, not me, Rambo. You don't have to say it. I'll uh, I'll say it for you. Um, if you know, if it's if been you, a good run. It's been if a good run. If it's not you, you're in the conversation at the very least. Let's 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 leave it at that. Um, just finished up your season, um, like last week. I was just kind of. I wanted to touch base with you. Just let's start with. I'm mean, I'm sure this was a. a a strange year, a growing year in a lot of ways for, for this program as you kind of, you know, got through a lot of different things. Can we just start with, you know, what, what lessons do you take out of a season like this where there's so much adversity kind of thrown your way? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that you take away that, you know, there was a, there was a point last around this time last year and, even into some of the early summer months where it, it didn't look like we were going to have a season and it didn't look like we were going to be playing, you know, there, it was, you know, football for the big 10, they, they went back and forth. They, they weren't going to play, they were going to play, then they weren't going to play. And then they ended up playing. And so I think that once, once the big 10 football got going, then I think we all kind of realized that we would play safely. But I, I think, to just go back to like where we were all sitting at home and a lot of us still are at home, um, basically thinking that we're probably not going to have a season. And I, I think to, first of all, get 21 games in and um, deal with different things, COVID related, non COVID related, just basketball injuries and, um, different things that pop up in a season uh, to get to that point. I, I think it's a big accomplishment by our conference and athletic department and, and team and players. And so, um, yeah, it, it was um, a season that will go down in history as, as one unlike any other in, in the, our whole world is dealing with it. And, and it's, um, you know, we're thankful we were able to get as many games in as we did. As you coach, through it you know what what were the particular challenges of whether it was you know getting players emotionally ready to play in empty gyms whether it was you know having to pause at, at, at moments when you didn't have a full roster what, what did you know what what was some of that like just just experiencing what you went through the last you know four months even if you were able to get this season in yeah I think I think it was um I think at the start it it was everybody was um, you know, obviously excited that we're, we're going to play. We have this opportunity. There's a lot of other leagues and a lot of, um, you know, different levels of just take basketball, you know, just take basketball that the Ivy leagues didn't play. Um, you know, uh, there's certain um, conferences that decided that they weren't going to play this season, certain, um, you know, different levels of, um, you know, division three, um, they played eight games, you know, um, they didn't have a championship season as far as like a playoff and a tournament. So first of all, being excited to get in and play and then understanding though, the, the amount of commitment it took, it was, it was fairly all encompassing. 
It was daily testing, six of seven days, testing every day. Um, it was dealing with, um, you know, false positives and then positive and then certain, you know, positive tests throughout the season, shutdowns. It was not being able to go to a restaurant, not being able to go anywhere really on campus and see friends outside of our bubble or tier, our tier one group that gets tested every day because, um, because of, you know, what would happen if you were exposed and then bringing it to the gym, which we, we did have a few situations this year where that happened. And uh, some of that stuff you just, you can't really control. It's really not anyone's fault. But I think just that, I think by the end, everybody was really so just emotionally and mentally drained by it that everybody now that we, we obviously, you know, today's selection Monday and we wish we were a team that was going to be called. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of healing that's going on by everybody within the tier because it was a really intense six months of just, this is really all you can do. This is, these are the only people you can really see. And, um, you know, we definitely, um, you know, got close as a team. And, and, and I think that it's, there's also a time now where people can, can take a bit of a break. I'm sure you're looking forward to that a little bit. Um, but as you kind of zoom out, on this program a little bit and you know you'll you've been so into this year and, and program building is, is part of you know any individual season too but as you think about the big picture of where this program is and building a consistent winner I'm sure where you are right now isn't where you want to be in two or three years but how, what what's the what's the roadmap to you how do you how do you get there because you know this is a program when you were there that was starting to build you know a consistent you know getting to the tournament almost every year you went, you made the final four run. You had a couple of sweet 16s, like where, what's the roadmap to getting back to that point or, or establishing what you want to establish? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think this season, you know, our overall record uh, was eight and 13, um, you know, but, I, but I'll, I'll say this, we won seven conference games um, compared to five last year. So my first year we come in have a, you know, obviously have a, have a talented roster, uh, we win nine conference games. So if we just look at the conference games, you know, take non-conference out because um, that, you know, it's just, it's what it is. Your record always looks different with the non-conference added, hopefully. Um, and so you go nine wins our first year, you go five wins last year, you go seven wins this year with two different COVID shutdowns that I think, you know, probably, you know, I, it's what it is. We had to play the games. There's a probably a couple wins out there that I'm, I'm still, wish we had that that wish we had those games back and we probably could have finished 500 again this year with the group we had uh so then you know you start thinking um you know take a michigan state you know just above that 500 line uh they're in they're in they had make a nice run so next year you know if we you know essentially bring back um you know the entirety of our roster and we don't have COVID and we, you know, don't have some of the injuries we have, you know, hopefully you're, you're looking at being in that conversation again, and then add in hopefully a couple of really good non-conference wins. And, and now you're looking at a, you know, close to a 20 win season. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's no question we're, we're going into year four. Um, I feel good about our roster. I feel good about where we're at. I, I know um, as far as, um, you know, having to just, you know, establish how we're going to do things this you know last year was a was a big year with that as far as this is how the the thing is going to go 
Um, now this year, I feel like we still took a step forward. Um, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a huge step, but it was a step, uh, in the right direction. And, um, in a COVID year to be able to say that is, or in a pandemic year is, um, something I think our players can be proud of. Um, but now there's no question the postseason workouts that we'll have in April, um, the summer access that we'll have are crucial for our team to be able to take another step. Um, and, you know, it was said all year, you know, how young we were. Um, but now it's time. Now it's time. Like a lot of that, um, a lot of our scoring is in that sophomore class. Well, now they're juniors. And now it's you're an upperclassman. And now, you know, we got to go out there and we got to have a great offseason and get ready to get this thing going because we know we have the potential to do it. Now, now it's time to go put it on the court. You were brand new to coaching when you took this job, you know, three years ago. What what have you learned along the way? What are some of the eye openers, I guess, as you kind of evaluate how, you know, how you transitioned into this, into this role and in this part of your career? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. Your first year, you have the kind of the honeymoon phase, you know, and I'm coming off of a, um, you know, a career in the WNBA, um, you know, 15 years as a player and um and then you kind of you you get into it and um you know that that goes pretty quick you know and um you know I think that my second year um you know there's a lot of things that I learned that year and a lot of things that I you know would have done differently um but at the same time like I know how things are supposed to be and how things are supposed to go. And that's what we're building. And I, I really felt we took a big step in that this last season, even in the pandemic. Um, you know, I love coaching the game. I love practice. Um, I love coaching the games, the strategy, the adjustments, the, um, you know, late game situations, um, you know, being around the team, uh, all those things. I think until you're in it, I, I wouldn't have known that, that I really enjoyed as much as I do. Um, you know, there's certain, there's certain elements that are, are taxing, but it's what it is. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's nonstop. It's, um, you know, you got to really make sure you find time for, uh, you know, a little downtime so you can refresh, um, and reset, but that's everybody. That's everything everybody does, you know, every job. And if it's, you know, challenging that, you know, you're getting better and working at it. So, um, so yeah, it's, there's a, there's a lot of parts, of it. Um, there's more, a lot more positives for sure. Um, that just, you just keep coming back. Cause it's just, it's so fun to continue to be in the gym and be around the game and, um, around the game you love and around your, your players and you see them grow and develop. It's just, uh, it's definitely a fun, a fun journey these first few years. Recruiting seems like one of those things that's kind of nonstop, especially now, you know, the age of social media, everything like that. You've had some success with in-state recruiting in particular. You've got some, some nice players that look like they're going to be coming in. You already had some good success with that with, with the players currently on your roster. As you think about recruiting, particularly in the, in the state of Minnesota, how, I guess, what has that experience been like as you, you, you fan out and you visit, you know, different, different high schools, different programs, and, and does it feel different to you? you know, I don't know how much you remember of getting recruited when you were, you know, just 20 years ago, but you know, how much do you feel like that, that process has changed since you went through it on the other side? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the phone, the, the, the cell phone, you know, the social media, all that has changed all of it. 
And when I was being recruited back in the day, I would just, if I wasn't home, I wouldn't get the phone call. And it was up to me to call back. And I, if I didn't want to talk, then I didn't, you know, if it wasn't one of the schools that I was really interested in. Now it's, um, you know, now we're all just so accessible at all times that it's, um, that it just makes for, um, you know, kind of just a constant thing. You got to really, more than anything, and this is every, this is everybody, but you just got to be really aware of like, of what you're posting and what you're, you know, like commenting on things like that. Um, because you, you know, you always want to put everything in a good light. You know, I might be watching a Timberwolves game and I would want to tweet something, but I'm like, I can't, you know, good or bad really, you know, because it's like, you don't, you just don't know who's, who's really, so I, I usually stick to just posting pictures of my dogs. Um, that's pretty safe. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I enjoy, uh, when, you know, before this, you know, recruiting shutdown with everything, I enjoy going out, you know, the, the AAU, um, is totally different than it was back when, when I, when I played, we played, did you play AAU? I did not play AAU. No, um, I did not play the game. It, uh, you know, it was back in the day, it was kind of like this summer fun thing, you know, I didn't play till I was in after my 10th grade year, like you should really play. And now it's just like, there's certain areas of the country that the AAU programs are, you know, maybe bigger than the high school programs, you know, and it just yeah. wasn't the case back in the day. And so you really, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, and it's like everything it's, it's people, it's relationships, it's getting to know, um, you know, different, you know, um, coaches and, you know, skill development, um, you know, people, it's all relationships and building that. And, um, you know, that's the, that's, it's the life lifeblood of everyone's program is recruiting. So it's something that, um, you know, it's a, it's a daily all the time, uh, deal and everything because you're, you know, you're constantly, um, you know, selling your program and selling, you know, your, um, your philosophies and your ideas. I'm glad you you mentioned uh, you're not just uh, you're not just a coach. You, you are a Minnesota sports fan. I'm glad you referenced the, the Timberwolves. I'm going to ask you a positive question. As you as you survey the Minnesota landscape right now, and you you watch sports, probably have a little bit more time now uh, than you did in yeah. season. But what what are some of the things that you like? What 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 are some of the things that you're seeing that you're like? Okay, I I, I like where this team is going. I like watching this. I like watching that. I mean, well, Kaprizov. Yeah, right. That's for sure. Wild. And that was your first love, yeah. right? Hockey was hockey was one hockey of your first. Was my first hockey was my first game. Yeah, hockey played that until I I switched over to play just basketball in sixth grade. As far as my winter sport, so um, so yeah, he, you know, obviously he's just been tremendous, and he feels like he's kind of uplifted a whole franchise. And there's a lot of players that are having really good seasons, but they've been fun to watch. Um, you know obviously watching um, Anthony Edwards is a lot of fun to kind of see where he continues to grow. Hopefully D'Angelo Russell and um, he can get back and be healthy and we can kind of see how this new, this um, young nucleus keeps forming. Um, that, that'll be fun to keep our eyes on. And then it's just like, thank goodness we're having baseball because it just means we're out of this winter of <laughs> everything we've gone through. And it's like, finally an outside sport and hopefully the twins have another really good season. But um, yeah, uh, I think all, all good stuff. I, you know, I think, you know, Cheryl 
obviously did a tremendous job in free agency this year. I'm excited to see, you know, the WNBA, what this season looks like, because I mean, well, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be interesting because there's no, everybody's gone away from the bubble concept now and everybody now we're obviously getting lots of vaccinations and governor walls, you know, said we could have start having fans at sporting events, I think soon, right? Maybe yeah, like, like today. Early, early April is, you know, kind of oh, that's okay. twins. I think there's, there's some ramping up, I think for like wild and wolves, I think it's like April 5th yeah. and then the twins home opener is April 8th. So it's not, it's a few weeks out. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully there's fans, um, in tar- obviously, you know, if there's, if there's going to be fans for ramping up for, for Timberwolves, then that bodes well for the summer with the links. Um, to me, it's gonna be interesting with the travel with the, with the WNBA because of they fly um, commercial, right? Primarily. Yeah. yeah still. We, we always, we never, no one, we never flew a private or a, you know, a charter flight in the WNBA. So that's kind of the interesting piece. Um, I'm excited for the schedule. I'm really excited for that team. Just having, you know, rookie two back-to-back rookies of the year. Now we got some free agent signings. So I like, uh, what, what's the only, I, did I touch on every pro sport? Um, we didn't I like have, a lot of you, you uh, hit a lot of the ones that are in season at least. We didn't talk Vikings, yeah. but they're you know Vikes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it feels like that's a long time away. I know free agency and combines and drafts are. I mean, NFL is a twenty four seven three sixty five right. deal, but um, it's not really. Yeah, the in season ones are kind of, and then preparing for the the links is kind of um, on the top of my mind. The loons, we we probably aren't we getting going with that too. Yeah, that's uh their their season was pushed a little bit, but I think that's next okay. month. Um, and they're talking about having some, some spectators in that too. Um, Renoso, it's fun. It's it's a kind of a fun time to be. I guess the bigger picture is I think it's kind of a fun time to be a sports fan. There's a lot of good young players. Yeah. Right now to, to kind of latch on to Kaprizov being at the top of that list. But I think you hit on a lot of that, uh, a lot of that yeah. excitement building right now. Yeah, seriously. It's a lot. It is pretty cool. Um, I need to watch more loons games this, this year. Um, I, did, we, we made that run in the playoffs last year. They got to the semi, the, the league semifinals and they were up late with the yeah, chance to, to get LA, there. Right? Uh, the, I think the loss was to Seattle. Yeah. I knew it was West coast. And we were up in 2-0. that game, and then it just kind of yeah. They uh, ran out of gas. The, the ran out of gas. In sports, two nothing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> worst leading yeah. basketball for sure. Well, they <laughs> 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 um, always say that about hockey. It's like the worst lead right. to have a two goal lead. But yeah, I remember I watched that game last year, and I was just okay. I was feeling bummed that we couldn't hold on to that lead, but. Last question. You already referenced this too. Uh, how are the dogs? Uh, you, you, you post about them a lot. How are the dogs doing? Mm-hmm. They're good. They need haircuts badly. Um, we all do. Lindsay. Really we all do. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're good. They're good. Henry's, uh, let's see. He's three and a half. Um, Charlotte is like one and a half. So they're, they're good. Charlotte is, she's still kind of more in that puppy phase. So she, kind of just loses their mind a lot and just goes crazy, you know, when we get home or if, if there's, you know, any type of noise, Henry. Um, yeah. He's kind of more in the, um, he's getting a little more calm, I guess, stage of things. So, um, but they're great, you know, obviously great companions, great, you know, fun to have this whole, during this whole, you know, COVID time and everything to um, kind of for a while there was like, that was our routine was, you know, walking the dogs and, 
feeding the dogs and playing with the dogs. And then, you know, what's for dinner basically <laughs> at night, you know, it's like, yeah. it kind of became the routine for the better part of three months last year. And it's kind of continued. So, um, so yeah, no, they're good. Thanks for asking. It's, uh, and they're a fun, they're a fun bunch to be around for sure. Every day, uh, all day, except in the middle of the night, if they hear something, they start barking. <laughs> well, Lindsay, great stuff. Um, enjoyed catching up with you. We'll do this again yeah. at some point here, but enjoy, uh, enjoy the off season, get some downtime. Everybody could use okay. some, some downtime as we come out of this, you know, it's just some, just a grind. I, I'm sure you were in it, you know, more than a lot of people, just, you know, the, the focus you need to, to get, to keep working through this is I think an underrated thing. And, you know, to, to, to get through that and, and, you know, to, to get your team in a position to, to win some games and have success going forward should not be ignored. So congrats and then best of luck going forward. Okay. Thanks so much. Same to you. And, you know, we've known each other for a long time, yeah, so all the best and family, hope your family's doing well and, and healthy and hanging in there and better times ahead for sure. So um, same to you and yours for sure. Rambo. Appreciate that is you, the man. message of the spring this year, better times ahead, right? Yeah, for sure. Gotta, gotta have that to, to look forward to. Awesome, Lindsay. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, buddy. Let's end with the cooler. Lindsay Whalen's boss, Mark Coyle, spoke on Tuesday after the firing of Richard Pitino and after he was hired officially at New Mexico. Got asked a question about how can they spend all this money on potential buyout and larger salary for a, a basketball coach um, in the wake of cutting a bunch of non-revenue programs at the University of Minnesota. Here's what Coyle had to say to that. There are two different topics. Uh, you know, obviously, we made a very difficult decision with the reduction in sport programming, uh, and, and those are recurring expenses. Uh, obviously, uh, with the change we're making today, we're very aware of our finances. We've been very public about those finances in our board meetings and with our supporters of all of our programs. So again, we're very mindful of where we're at financially as a department, and we'll continue to make good financial decisions that have the support of President Gable and our board leadership and our board. Maybe he understands that those programs ultimately drive the revenue for much of the rest of the department, but it also feels like a philosophical shift that bears watching and how that plays out for other non-revenue sports down the road remains to be seen. That'll do it for today. Expecting to have Ryan Longwell, former Vikings kicker on Thursday show, then maybe Ben Gessling, Vikings writer to talk about free agency on Friday show, as well as some outdoors coverage. We've only done that once other one other time on the show, but I loved having it and I think we should do it again. So we're going to do it again Friday. Thanks again for listening to the Daily Delivery on Wednesday. We will catch you again on Thursday.